Go. 30 years ago, Clifford McBride led a voyage into deep space, but the ship and crew were never heard from again. Now his son, a fearless astronaut, must embark on a daring mission to Neptune to uncover the truth about his missing father in a mysterious power surge that threatens the stability of the universe. Starring Brad Pitt, Donald Sutherland, and Tommy Lee Jones, and directed by James Gray, this is the Cinescape Magazine review of Ad Astra. Do do uh, weird titles ever affect your opinion of a movie before you've even seen a trailer? I, no. For me, I mean, sometimes it can. I try not to let it. Because I don't want to be that trendy kind of person where it's got to have a, a title that sings, right? I, when it comes to Ad Astra, it sounds like a weird title. But then it kind of fits with the movie itself where there's something under the surface. And Ad Astra is a great title for a film because it's Latin for meaning to the stars. And it's uh, also shorter for another, for, uh, another Latin saying, which means um, through um, hardships to the stars because that's what this is about. This is about hardships. This is about Brad Pitt's character um, coming to terms with his father played by Tommy Lee Jones and him wanting to know what happened to him. So this is set in a future where it doesn't say what year it is. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably between 75 and a hundred years from now. Does it matter? Just, uh, it just kind of helps with, you know, like kind of a perspective thing. So, because, I mean, if you say it's 10 years from now, it wouldn't seem that plausible. Pretty much to break it down a little bit, the moon has um, facilities on it now. There's, you know, um, there's places where people can visit. It's kind of like how Mars was in Total Recall. and But there's also um, factions there. There's like pirate factions that try to rob people if they're driving across the, uh, riding across the lunar surface. Things like that, but it's not like it's not like the whole moon's covered or anything like that. There's just little spots here and there that have, you know, facilities. But there's also advertisement all over the place in these facilities. You know, there's Subway and and you know the the cowboy from Vegas that's waving, you know, the neon sign, and things like that. And so you can tell that commercialism is affected by it, which Brad Pitt's character makes a comment about in the uh, in the film, um, which is you know a good comment commentary on the whole situation, which I I can see, totally see our society going in that direction if things don't start to uh, you know check themselves. So anyway, uh, Mars also has um, a, a colony on there where they um, you know they are able to um, you know scan the the solar system and things like that from there from their facilities things like that. And this project that Tommy Lee Jones's character went on 29 years prior to this film. Uh, it, it was this mission to go to um, Neptune and from there use this um, antimatter um, device that is able to scan across the galaxy and I, I think maybe the universe to other planets to find intelligent life. And so that's the whole purpose of it. Well, 16 years into the mission, all communications were cut off and no one has heard for 13 years what has gone on. So all of a sudden um, it's got Brad Pitt's character who's an astronaut and it does little flashbacks of him with his, his girlfriend played by Liv Tyler. She could have been his wife. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And you can tell that she left. I mean, the, the movie quickly and like, like just in a few seconds, it already lets you know a lot of things about his character, you know, that she's already left him because he's very closed off. He's very quiet, subdued. 
he's not emotional at all, right? And so, yeah, so it's pretty much now his wife, she left him. So uh, he now is, he's on the space station. It's like this um, gigantic station that goes all the way from the, from the surface all the way up into space. You know, which I, I don't know how that's possible because, I mean, with the Earth spinning and all the things that are spinning around the Earth, I don't know how, like, like plausible that would be because there's things flying around the Earth at over 10,000 miles an hour. So, whatever. I don't know. But he's working on it on the outside, and all of a sudden, this power surge comes, and it starts blasting things, and people are getting shot off of it that are working on it as well. And he also falls as well, and he's got a parachute. He's okay. He lands perfectly fine, and he doesn't like panic at all like he keeps calm the whole time like they always talk they talk about in the film that he's like when they record his um you know his body symptoms you know his his system um his blood pressure never goes over like 80 you know he's always got it in check so he's like the he's like the 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 prime person that you want to be an astronaut because he doesn't freak out so anyway after this surge happens he gets called into this um, this meeting with these bigwigs, these big you know, uh, you know military majors, but they're part of like what's called Spacecom, and they're talking to him about his father and the you know, what do you know about your father's loss, blah blah blah, and you know he says, oh you know I, I I just know what you guys know, and then they say, well we think that these power surges are coming from they we believe they're coming from Neptune and they're they're going to destroy the planet because these power surges that are coming from there are um, they're getting worse and worse. And so if we don't do something, all life on earth is going to be destroyed. So they asked Brad Pitt, will you please go and try We want, what we want is we can't communicate at all anymore because of the power outages, the power surges. So um, we need you to go to Mars where the underground facility did not get damaged by these power surges. So you can, you'll be able to send a signal to your father from there. And then, cause we think that you could um, appeal to him if he is listening. We don't know if he's listening or not. We don't even know if he's alive, but if he is, there's something they know, but they're not, hint- they're not telling, but you could tell that they know more than they're giving at that moment, you know, cause they, you know, they're pretty much, how, how would they know if it's him that's still alive? What if it's someone else? Of uh, of all these people, they sent out there to do this this Lima project. But anyway, so Brad Pitt says yes, I will go. And so he goes. They first they send him to the moon with Donald Sutherland's character. Donald Sutherland's character knows Tommy Lee Jones's character, and he's got orders to escort Brad Pitt all the way as far as he can go. And when they get to the moon, they're in this facility and they need to travel to another facility where that's where they're going to shoot from to go to Mars or something like that. And so there is this awesome scene. It is fucking so cool where they're near the dark side of the moon and you can see the shadows all covering the surface and everything. And where the shadows are, you can't see the stars because it's being blocked out by the shadow of the, of uh, you know, the earth or whatever, whatever on the, on the moon's surface. And, uh, they're having to travel across and there's like three of these, these, these rovers that while they're going across and all of a sudden these pirates come and they start shooting at them and the sound effects, the music that's this light, mild music that's playing it, all of it's just intense. And it, it's so cool to look at. Like they put the, they really put the effort into making this look as realistic as possible. It is it's really cool. It's one of those scenes where like you're just staring at it like, 
damn, I, 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 this is what I want to see when I watch a space movie. You know, I don't want to see a bunch of CG. Like, cause when I was looking at this scene, I wasn't seeing CG. I was seeing them like on a sound stage that was made to look as authentic as possible. You know, that's what it looked like. And so that scene's really, really cool. And then it, you know, and, and then, you know, for plot convenience, only Sutherland's character and um, Pitt's character survive. And then, but it causes uh, Sutherland's character to have um, um, a mild heart attack and he's got to go into surgery. So he cannot, he cannot join up with Pitt's character anymore at all um, to go to Mars. So he says, there's something that they didn't tell you. I have something I have. He goes, I was under orders to, I, you know, that I have to kill your father if, if, you know, if he's the cause of this and things like that. So he goes, here's this, watch it when you get a chance. So he gives him like a, you know, a, a, the, I don't know, kind of like a computer chip USB thing. And Pitt goes in, you know, watches it on his own. And it's pretty much a video of 13 years prior to where Tommy Lee Jones's character sends a report, sent a report back to Spacecom where he says that they did not find any signs of life. They scanned thousands of planets or more and they couldn't find any. Well, the whole, all the people, most of the people that were there on the mission with him, they wanted to come home. They, they, they saw that there was nothing else out there. Time to come home. Tommy Lee Jones refused. And so what happened was there was a mutiny. And those people tried to take, you know, stop Tommy Lee Jones and then, you know, take the ship back so they could take it back to, back to Earth. Well, Tommy Lee Jones killed them all. And it's, it's fucked up. Like, the, you know, when, you, when Tommy Lee Jones is giving this testimonial to the, to the camera, it's just fucked up because you can see this guy, his, he's so hell-bent on finding life, you know, somewhere else in the universe that nothing else matters. And, and then you see how it's, it affects Brad Pitt's character. You know, you can see that it hurt him. He's like, I've got to stop him. I've got, I've got to, I got to fucking stop him. And so now he goes to Mars and when he gets there, oh, I forgot to mention this. He's constantly, every day he's got to do a psychological evaluation to, with a computer. So he puts a little chip on his neck, you know, it's supposed to, you know, take all of his readings and everything like that. And he you know, it asks him questions and then he gives a little testimonial and then he passes every single time, you know, okay, you're cleared. It says you're cleared, whatever. And now he goes into this um, underground facility in Mars where he's got to, um, you know, send these messages to his father, these scripted messages, by the way, to his father. And it is, um, you know, he's trying to, you know, appeal to his father's, you know, like loving father side to get him to respond. Well, finally, with this last message that he get, he sends, he goes off script and he sounds like he's emotionally compromised when he's giving this message to his father. And all of a sudden, um, after a few minutes, the, the people in the sound booth, they start to act weird like, like they got a response, but they don't want Brad Pitt to know that. So they say, you're emotionally compromised. You can't go to Mars. We're going to send other people. Or we can't send you to, to Neptune. So we're going to send these other people. So Brad Pitt's pissed off. He's like trying to find a way to get out of there. Um, a character played by Ruth Nega from Preacher, she comes along and she has a um, she sneaks him out of his room and has a talk with him and says that her parents were on that mission, the Lima mission, with with uh, his father, and that um, when them oh so uh, and oh my God, I'm sorry, I totally blew this. 
the whole reveal about him killing everybody, Tommy Lee Jones' character killing everybody, that's revealed by Ruth Nega's character, by the way. Um, the stuff that Donald Sutherland's character had was just the um, mission orders showing that Tommy Lee Jones' character might be a threat and that they're being sent out there to kill him. That was it. So, sorry. Um, so, pretty much Ruth Nega's character says to Brad Pitt, your father killed my parents. He needs to be stopped. Are you going to help with this? And Brad Pitt says, yes. He goes, I don't want anyone else to do this. I want to take care of my father myself and find out what's going on. You know, why did he do this? And so she sneaks him to this um, rocket that's going to Neptune. And when he's sneaking into this um, rocket, um, it is uh, the, the people that are um, going in his place, they try to stop him. And he, when he's trying to break into this, onto the shuttle as it's, as it's going off, he inadvertently kills all three of the, the crew members. He's not trying to, but they, they're fucking shooting at him. You know, the, the, everything's happening. Bad things are happening. And yeah. So, and it's kind of telling because it seems like, um, anytime he's trying to get to his father and he's emotionally compromised, people die because of it. There's collateral damage because of his journey to, to find answers from his father, his father, who's never been there. His father's been gone since he was 19 years old. So, um, there's another scene that I forgot to mention that is, um, when, between the, when they're heading from, to Mars from the moon, where there's a distress, distress call. And so they have to go and answer this distress call from the Swedish observatory or whatever. And they get there and it is so, it is completely unexpected because there's no one answering now. They go into the ship and of course there's no gravity and they're floating in their spacesuits. They're in there and there's no one responding to anything. Finally, they, he comes across one of his own people and the guy's back is turned to him and he's like, he's calling his name and the guy won't turn around. It's the captain of the ship. And then finally it turns a little bit and it's a fucking baboon that's a te- that's ripping out this guy's face through his sh- through his um his suit his you know his, his spacesuit and what it is is you can tell there's these um these test baboons that have been biologically you know changed so that they can you know function in space and everything and it fucking it, it's creepier and shit because the thing sees Brad Pitt and it growls and it roars at him and then it uses it knows how to move in the gra- zero gravity so it like uses the guy's body to fling itself off of him and like start flying towards Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt you know he's the hero so he finds a way to survive but it's really I mean dude awesome scene I was just glued to the screen when it happened because I totally didn't expect it um, finally his character gets to Neptune. And this is months later. Um, he, he's dealing with these weird, like, um, uh, hallucinations as he's going, you know, and, and, and you can see that the, 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 the zero gravity and, and the isolation and everything, it's fucking with his head. So there was a lot of times when I was watching this movie that I wasn't sure if Brad Pitt's character was seeing what we're seeing. Like maybe, like, like maybe, we're just seeing it from his perspective because he's going fucking crazy or something. And, but it ends up not being that way. It's just, he's just going through some shit, you know, which is normal and natural. Uh, and finally he gets to, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character. He get, well, I'm sorry. He finally gets to, to Neptune and he sees the ship and he's got to travel there and his pod gets damaged on the way to the ship. So now he has to dump the pod to get into the Neptune ship. And then he sees the bodies of other people that are floating around in there. 
And then he talks to his father. And Tommy Lee Jones, this is what's weird. Every time we see a movie, I swear to God, there's always something that I never see in other movies most of the time that happens two weeks in a row. Like a certain actor that we don't see all the time in the same movie or something. This time, we just saw Rambo Last Blood a few days before I saw this. And there's a character who tells another character, I never loved you. I what you know I I left you because I didn't want to be with your mother and you were just a burden on me that's why I left right well the same fucking thing happens in this movie Tommy Lee Jones pretty much tells Brad Pitt the whole 30 years I was gone I didn't think about you and your mother once all I care about is this mission and finding you know intelligent life somewhere else in the universe and you can see that the guy is just I mean the guy's just gone He's just gone. He he's determined to fix. Apparently, there was a malfunction, and that's what's causing these pulses that that is destroying Earth. And he's trying to fix it, but he's also given up on everything else. His mind is just only set on this. And Brad Pitt feels sorry for him, and he goes, well, "You're coming home with me. We're going home." And finally, um, there's this part where he's dressing Tommy Lee Jones up in this, and he's very fragile. By the way, you can tell that he's broken up as a man. Um, Tommy Lee Jones' character and Brad Pitt, he's putting him into this suit. He's dressing him. It's almost like when, like, uh, like if you've ever seen a movie where a person is taking care of their invalid parent, kind of thing. You know, it's a very sad um, thing, and it, it, you can tell that Brad Pitt really loves his father, even though his father just devastated him by telling him that he never loved him and all this stuff, right? And and finally gets him dressed. He takes him outside, and they're gonna they're gonna use their little jetpacks to um, shoot across to. Um, back to the ship so they can get out of there. Well, Tommy Lee Jones all of a sudden starts trying to fly away while they're tethered together. And Brad Pitt's like, what are you doing? And he tries to pull him towards him. And Tommy Lee Jones says, let me go. Please, just let me go. And finally, Brad Pitt says, well, you know what? Either you're going to die or we're both going to die. So pretty much he lets his father go. And it's a sad scene because you see Tommy Lee Jones just slowly fading out of, you know, out of sight falling farther and farther away kind of like how um uh, uh george clooney's character did in, in gravity um where he just got farther and farther away until you couldn't see him anymore um and then so anyway brad pitt there's a scene where he he finds a way to get back to the ship where he uses a p uh, like a like a a door cover a door door panel to um to use as a shield while he goes through the rings of neptune to shoot back to his ship and so he doesn't get hit by all these rocks and stuff they're flying through felt the kind of Kind of a little, you know, bullshit, but it still looked amazing. And the color of Neptune and the rings around it, amazing visual. And then Brad Pitt's character, and then it just ends with Brad Pitt's character. He gets home um, he, after he blow, blows up the Neptune and, or, you know, the Neptune ship. And, he, you know, it, sh- it ends with him meeting his wife in a diner to have a talk. And, um, and then it seems like everything's fine. There's hopefulness to it. Now, my opinion of the film. My opinion of the film is I didn't know how much I enjoyed this when I was first watching it. I really didn't. I, I, I did. I just, I was more glued into the visuals because Brad Pitt's character is so subdued and every character he, almost every character he interacts with, they're very cold. They're very, they're, they're only focused on doing what they're supposed to do in their jobs or whatever. And they don't, they, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of compassion to these characters. And that turned me off for a while while watching this. And then, um, and then also, but I, I, but I was so distracted by the musical score, which is fucking brilliant. Um, it adds Who did it? Max Richter. 
um, the musical score, and then also there's some um, f- um, m- uh, music added into the soundtrack from other people. Um, it's very subtle type, you know, electronica music, uh, and it just it, it fits with it. It fits with it, and all these great scenes. Uh, visually, it reminds me of of like 2001: A Space Odyssey at certain times. Um, also, a little bit of Blade Runner 2049, uh, and then um, and but the isolation stuff and 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 um, things like that reminded me of Moon. With um, I know a lot of people seeing Solaris with George Clooney, but I don't remember Solaris, so I I I, I compare it to Moon with um, Sam Rockwell which is a really good movie, an underrated film. Um, and then also it reminded me of Interstellar um, in a lot of ways with the father-son relationship. The only problem is, is that I, didn't, I wasn't as connected to the father-son relationship in this film as I was with the father-daughter relationship that McConaughey had with Jessica Chastain's character in Interstellar. That, that movie, every time I watch it, it always brings tears to my eyes because it's so well done. It has an emotional impact every time I watch it. This one, though, this is what this is what is so intelligent about this film, is that when you're first watching it, or at least someone like me is watching it, I'm not realizing how good it is until afterwards. After I'm thinking about it, and I kept thinking about this movie, like I, there's no way I could have written a review for this one day, two days, three days after watching it, because I still was processing it. Because this movie has a lot of things that's going on underneath the surface, and so. Finally, today, when I had to write this review, I started delving in, you know, watching trailers over it again, just to get the visuals back, listening to the soundtrack on YouTube, um, and um, and then yeah, reading about the film again, then remembering every single scene. I realized that this movie is a work of art, and that um, I want to see this again. I want to own it, and anyone that enjoys good, intelligent filmmaking will love this movie. They'll appreciate it very, very much so. And uh, I, I mean, there's there's a part of me that wants to go back to the theaters and watch it again, just to, just to watch it now without any expectations or anything so that I can delve more into the characters, um, especially Brad Pitt's character uh, and things like that. So I highly recommend this film. It's one of the best of the year. And especially if you like smart sci-fi, absolutely see Ad Astra. It is worth it. Absolutely worth it. It should be up for some Oscars for um, at least technical categories for sound, musical score, cinematography, visual effects, uh, possibly even writing. It is a very good film. And uh, that's, I think that's all I got. So, okay. I read a little bit about um, the movie. Uh, I just wanted to point a couple of things out here, yeah. which would have annoyed me with this movie. Mm-hmm. The data retrieved from the base suggests humans are the only intelligent life in the universe, inspiring Roy to reconnect with those closest to him, and he returns to Earth with newfound optimism. Mm -hmm. Expressing his opinions in a psychological evaluation, he reconnects with his wife. It's way better in visual form than it is in that statement right there. It doesn't matter whether it's way better in visual form or not. For us to believe that we have egos large enough that we are the only intelligent signs of life in this enormous fucking universe, which is just a pinhead on how really big everything is out there Mm -hmm. beyond fucking Neptune and the thousands, quote unquote, of worlds 
that they tried to contact. Yeah, there's like if you look up into the sky, you are literally looking at ten thousand star systems yeah. and you don't even know it. Yeah, I know. Look, look. Well, let me finish. For them to do this at the end of a movie and then he reconnects with his estranged wife because they are lone we're lonely. We're the only ones out there, so I have to reconnect because I feel that knowing what I know, my connection with this other person is just going to make my life better because now I know that I'm not the only one that's going to be alone in this in this life, blah, blah, blah. At least we can comfort each other in knowing that fact. That's weak. No, see, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this here. I don't want you that to is, fix no, it. No, no, no. Let me let me talk. That is badly written right there because that's not that's not how it ends. Okay, that's bullshit. Okay, that's exactly how no, you. I I no. Okay, that's exactly how you said it. Okay, this is how it is. Brad Pitt's character explains, and it starts showing a bunch of pictures of other worlds, and it's showing how there's just no life on other worlds. They're scanning it. There's no life, and what it is is it made him realize about also what his father had done. His father was searching for life all amongst the stars when there was life right fucking there at home, right there, waiting for him, his family, his I, son. I, I get it. And so what, what this boiled down to, what that doesn't say right there is that in his pursuit for his father, he didn't even realize what he had at home. And finally, after it saw what it had done to his father, what it fucking did to him emotionally and everything, finally made him realize, isn't it extreme? Absolutely, fucking Lily is an extreme, but it's good storytelling. It's really good storytelling, and when you see it in the film, it's very, very well done. Okay, trust me on this. I'm not bullshitting you. I don't care about whether or not you're trying to bullshit me. What I'm saying is, is that reading this, and let's face, it, I mean, not everything on Wikipedia, but reading the way it uh, it is, mm-hmm. and 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 you explaining how the movie was, yeah. Like, I just, endings like this, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't stand endings like this that show that we are the only intelligent life in the universe. It's just too convenient. It's too convenient of a plot. It's too, it's too bullshit. There, there's no fucking possible way that this little planet, this speck of dust in the, in the universe has the only intelligent life on it and, and, and that all we do is consume and fight each other, right? So for them, for movie makers to do something like this, and yeah, I know there's a bigger story to it. I get it. But for movie makers to do a story like this where their ego gets involved in saying, we are the only intelligent life on Earth. And since we are the only intelligent life on Earth, we need to comfort in each other and knowing that stuff, and it makes us appreciate life more, right? Yeah. Garbage. What they should have done is use the father as the catalyst more so than the emptiness of space and us being the only ones out there as the catalyst. And that's what it sounds like you're trying to say, that his dad basically said, I don't care for you. I don't care for your mother, which is a fucking lie. I don't care for you. I don't care for your mother, blah, blah, blah. And he still tries to save his dad. And in, in realizing that he's still trying to save his dad, understands that 
he has moved beyond his father and this vicious circle of not caring. So he's going to try to reconnect with his wife, which would have been even better if she rejected him on that fucking on that fucking basis of, oh, so now you're coming around after all this time that I've spent with you trying to convince you to love other people other and then, you know, bring your emotion up from fucking Patrick Starr on SpongeBob to 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 a real level. You know, and I'm just being facetious, but you know what I mean. I'm, yeah. Patrick Starr, just there's nothing there. From nothing there to all of a sudden you care. No, uh, uh, I. Th- you know what I'm saying? I, I see that, but it, it wasn't. It didn't feel like that. It felt more like his, his focus had changed. I know, but all of a sudden, like he cared. He did care about his wife. He just not enough. But yeah, but there was always something in the way. It was. I know, but what I'm saying is. However long that they've been together, mm-hmm. 10 years, 5 years, 8 years, yeah, I don't 20 know. years, I, I don't whatever the fuck it is, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't think it indicates. But let's just, they've been together a good 5 to 7 years. So then he goes away and, and and however long it takes for them to get from point A to, to Neptune, right? It doesn't matter. Time is irrelevant at this point. Yeah. And then he comes back and then all of a sudden he's um, he, he goes from emotional cripple to normal. It didn't. Uh, look, it, I, I know it, it sounds like I'm saying that he makes a one a 180 degree you know turnaround. It doesn't. No, but that's what it says here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's more like uh, before he never wanted to talk. He never wanted to say anything, and now they're meeting because he's finally willing to open up. And it, it but it doesn't feel like he's a completely different person. Right, but what I'm saying is expressing his opinions and psychological evaluation. He re- reconnects with his wife. So I'm just going off of that sentence. Now, it, I, well, it's because he's narrating as the scene's going on. That's yeah, and that and that's yeah. that's the problem is all of a sudden he is one he he's he's turned. Well, I'm not gonna say 180 degrees. He's made a turn, yeah. 90 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. He's made that one. He's made the first turn. Yeah, but she should fucking push him away. That's how the movie should have ended with him saying no, with her saying I. No. Well, it just ends because with her showing up. So I mean, I know, but know. she, but it should have been her going. No, you were completely emotionally unavailable to me prior to this, and all of a sudden, you've changed, and now you want to reconnect. Yeah. You're fucking weak. I do. You know what I'm saying? I see. I I, I don't. I I don't. It's it's, it's it, weird to me. I, I the feel, happy Hollywood ending bullshit has to end. It didn't there needs feel, to be realistic. It didn't feel the the movie does not feel happy when it ends. It, it it's not like like Joe. You're taking happy at a literal term. Yeah. The happy Hollywood ending where everybody survives, where everything turns out okay. <laughs> everyone he almost everyone he interacts with fucking dies. He literally returns back home to reconnect with his wife. Mm-hmm. Everything turns out okay. Everyone is happy. That's the happy Hollywood ending. It's always been that way. Stop taking the shit way literal. Just. Just for what it is, which is, I'm not saying the movie's garbage. What I'm saying is, is that this last line, and and I haven't seen the movie, so my opinion means dick all. Honestly, I'm just I'm just making a point of the Wikipedia thing, not really explaining. Because look, I was reading the first part of this whole thing, and I'm just like, what the fuck are they talking about? You know. Mm-hmm. Earth's solar system is struck by mysterious power surges. 
taking a commercial flight to the moon, Roy and Pruitt are escorted by U.S. military personnel to the Spacecom base. En route in lunar rovers, they are ambushed by scavenging pirates who kill most of the group. Reaching the base, a dying Pruitt is placed into intensive care. What you said was completely different than this Mm -hmm. because he was injured and taken to uh, the hospital, infirmary, whatever, you know, and then he tells Brad Pitt's character what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't even say that here. Roy then transfers to the ship Cepheus on a flight to Mars. Yeah. There is no in, in between where he talks with Pruitt. Yeah, there, there, there's not a lot of explanation, and this is not a and, this is not a full plot summary breakdown. And then the ship receives a distress signal from a Norwegian biomedical research space station. None of this fucking makes sense. Yeah, like it just jumps from point A to point B to point C. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like just se- yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I'm I'm. I'm using. I'm not using all of the notes from mm-hmm. this movie. I was listening to what you were saying yeah. between, in between doing a couple of other things, mm-hmm. and then I I looked at the very bottom of it, and I'm like, why are they doing the happy horseshit, uh-huh. the happy life horseshit, which is he returns home safe and sound, and because he's a changed man, and I I can't say that it. That's the way it is in the movie. I'm not saying that because, like, if you watch TV movies, that would be the way it is. Yeah. Um, I've come home, and now I'm a different person. Yeah. And we should get together and live until we're 85, 90 years old and sit in rocking chairs on our porches and make yeah. fun of old people. I also heard there was some bullshit um, with uh, a couple of the scientific things in the film, which... Um, but it's a fucking movie. Who cares? I, I like, there was one thing, and I'm not, like, it's a movie, so I'm not, I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. But like uh, he uses the um, the bl- the nuclear blast of the of the ship blowing up at Neptune to help propel him in the direction of Earth. It's a movie. It's someone wrote somewhere that uh, that nuclear blasts don't have any. They don't have any. They don't create a shockwave in space because there's no air for it to create a shockwave. So all it would be able to do is just fling debris at a high rate of speed. And that's it. So I don't know. It's a movie. He was on Neptune when it went off. <laughs> There's also a scene, and I, I read about this because it, it seemed weird to me. There's a scene at the end where Brad Pitt's character is shedding a tear when he's first seeing his father. And he, they're in weightless gravity, but the, the teardrop doesn't fucking bubble up in, in his eyeball like it does in real life. And in, But instead, it's rolling down his cheek. And I was like, why the fuck did they do that? And then I read an interview with the with the director, and the director said that... That he kept that scene in because Brad Pitt said, "Well, isn't my I, isn't my tear supposed to bubble up? You know, like that? Isn't that supposed to be? You know?" And the guy said, "No, because you're." He goes, "You acted that scene so beautifully. I'm keeping it the way it is." You know, because we're just two guys with raging goals. You know. Good night. <laughs>